Welcome to the Bible Talk with Josh and Heather. This is a show that discusses theology in a simple way. Hey, this is a very special episode it today. Sure is. We are actually going to be showing you an episode that we recorded recently for my father's uh, live daily um, radio show. Yeah, which and is it, pretty cool, but your dad's not on it. No, we're actually joined by my brother, Matthew Tice. This is very confusing. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, though. <laughs> we're going to be talking about influence. It's a great conversation. I agree. And I brought some good stuff. So, uh, we normally like to begin with a little fun, but this whole episode is fun. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Well, good morning and welcome to KVXL 101.1, Liberty Baptist Church's Experience Liberty radio station. Uh, this is Matthew Tice, and this is my first time hosting our radio show here. It's our daily update during this time of coronavirus and the COVID-19 epidemic has uh, brought many of us indoors, but we realize this, though many of us are quarantined, God is not quarantined. Right. And uh, his word and his voice are still going forward. Um, my dad is typically offering this as a live radio show, but um, today he had a doctor's appointment at 9.30. There's no problems with him. He wanted me to let you know that. So yesterday he asked me to fill in, and uh, I said, sure. He had invited a guest to be on the radio show. So this is my first time being a guest host or actually to be on the radio show. But my brother is in the studio with us today. And uh, this is my brother, Josh. Many of you know my brother, Josh. What's up, peeps? <laughs> Obviously, some of you are his peeps. And it's so good to have his peeps present with us. And uh, we decided we're going to kind of do a two for one on this radio show today. Um, my brother hosts a podcast with his lovely wife who is also in studio. Her name is Heather. Heather, say hello. Hello, everyone. I'm off camera. She <laughs> is okay. off camera because when because I get I'm on camera, woman. it consumes <laughs> the whole width of the camera. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's so, clever. Yeah. That's self-deprecating and lo lovable, actually, a little bit. I want to be lovable. You've always been lovable to me. There's a lot of things. This episode is called um, Things You well, Didn't Know About, about Matt. Well, tell us about your podcast. No, 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 no. Tell us about oh, your no, podcast. Oh, no, that's a different... And uh, yep. what you you typically do over okay. here. So we have a podcast on KVXL 101.1 Experience Liberty Radio. That's pretty good. As well as on iTunes and Spotify and wherever you want to find your podcasts. Podomatic. Um, anyway, you can find that. It's called The Bible Talks with Josh and Heather, where we discuss deep theology in a simple way. Is that right, Heather? I suppose. Yeah. And we're, <laughs> we're like 60, no, we're like 75 episodes in. Yeah. And it's this crazy. one is going to serve as episode, uh, what is this? Episode number, for us, it's going to be episode number 76, which I think will be fun to have you on the podcast. But so it's kind of dual. This is so pretty cool. basically, you're a pro at this. And you're someone who's, who's obviously taken a lot of time and intentionality to produce this type of content. And uh, today, I'm honored to be hosting your show <laughs> in your studio in my studio yeah. as a first time yes so <laughs> uh as we were talking about what we would do or what we wouldn't do on this uh you came up with a topic and i think it's a very interesting topic that uh, uh heather i want you to feel free to speak into this and i'll ask a few questions oh good i was trying to find that i'm glad you found it i'm gonna shut my thing he just pointed Perfect. to uh the facebook live so you can actually watch on dad's facebook live right now if you'd like to so 
Uh, we talked, both of us have influences in our life, right? Clearly, yeah. Uh, probably our greatest influence in life at the count of three, let's say her name. One, two, three. Heather Mom. Tice. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I can't believe you went and away Matt, from you're, And you're going to get mentor. me in trouble yeah, for saying that. My wife is this extremely is their influential show. to me. Wow. Matthew. Yeah. I'm, I'm you know, second, up. second, second woman, Brianna, <laughs> oh, for me. <laughs> But, Who would be your second after mom? Um, I'm your mentor, and I can't I believe you that, know. Matthew, you didn't include me. I have learned so much from my wife, but I don't consider her somebody that teaches me. I feel like we partner together in life. Oh. So we, we complement each other. That's actually pretty good. And, I thought uh, this was influencers. Yes. She doesn't influence She you? does influence me. She, she has great influence, but I would just say we're, we would be partners. <sighs> but <sighs> as far as a, a person, our folks have influenced us greatly. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. That's fantastic. So there's a there's a term that is called influencers in our society. How would you define an influencer in our society? Okay, so it's kind of a hot topic term, right? It's it's something that has risen high in the last few years. What is an influencer? An influencer, a social media influencer, is somebody who has so many social media followers that all they have to do is um, take a picture of them with a new type of hat, and suddenly everybody wants to get that hat. And so now what companies have done is they actually pay influencers a great amount of money to collab, they say. Collab, mm -hmm. it means to collaborate. So I will pay you a thousand dollars if you'll drink my energy drink yeah. on several of your posts um, and so that's what an influencer is but this is just because it's become vogue and very popular to talk about doesn't mean it hasn't always been the case um, influencers are those who are so um, so influential with the people that follow them that they can lead others to do what they're doing yeah. or believe what they're believing or say what they're saying or whatever it might be. Influencers. And for those of you who might be in an older crowd, you're like, that's silly. That's wild. I was recently in Southern California and I was in a line and talking to the young person in front of me. He was about 23, 24, him and his girlfriend. And I asked him, what does he do? He says, oh, I do stuff on social media. I said, well, what do you do? Are you like a tech guy? He said, well, I, I, I make advertisements. And I found out that he had 14 million followers yeah, wow. on his account. I'd never heard of the guy, but the guy makes, makes a living in Southern California just through his social media influence. So we live in a culture, the United States of America, where uh, this branding of influencers is prevalent. It's known. Um, should we as Christians be involved with that type of mentality? Is that something that we should just abstain from? Or is this idea of influence in our lives uh, should only be the Bible and only what we hear from uh, our pastor, from our parents, from our spouse? What, what do we think about that? I think there's a, a better... I think we can have an understanding of this through the writings of a man named John Maxwell, who back in the 1980s began talking about the concept of influence by saying leadership is influence. So the term influencer might be in vogue, new, hip, and um, right now. But in reality, there's always been influencers. They, we just called them by different names, leaders. Mm -hmm. Leaders are influencers. Mm -hmm. So if you move to the time of uh, to the time of the Bible, Moses was a influencer. Um, Gamaliel was an influencer who influenced the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul then influenced uh, millions of people and now billions of people throughout throughout history. 
um, even those who do not believe in Jesus Christ as Messiah understand that Jesus Christ was a leader, an influencer. It was his singular life that has influenced the flow of Western civilization, if not the entire globe. Well, even um, the date is influenced yeah. by his incarnation. So, yeah, so so the, I would say, should we? The answer is, I don't think we have a choice. We all um, follow influencers. Even those, every, every American citizen, whether you have a D beside your political um, persuasion or an R beside your political persuasion, you are influenced by these people, and therefore you turn around and influence others. So I don't think it's a choice of whether or not we should be. The answer is we already are. And, and Christians were commanded in the New Testament under the authority of the Holy Spirit through the Scripture by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 9.20, where he said, follow me as I follow after Christ, which is an, uh, a great thought that my job is to demonstrate the actions of Christ in such a way that you can say, that's what Jesus is like. It's a great point. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.20 that we are ambassadors for Christ. So the idea of influence is not something that is just new or hip or popular. It is something that has been around um, for the entirety of humanity. Do you have any thoughts on that, Heather? Just, I mean, echoing what you guys have said, because I can think of, I mean, even farmers. Uh, they cultivate their field and do things based on what other farmers have told them. I mean, people, even people I was thinking about, even people that go off and live the monk life, you know, where they're by themselves, off the they grid. probably got that from someone else. You know, we're, we're just as a community, you're affected by other people sure. and someone is influencing you. Mm-hmm. So uh, would you define someone as a, okay, like a child who says, I don't want to do what my parents did. And so they don't follow their lifestyle, but they go a different direction. Is that still influence? I think what's happening there is they are choosing not to follow a certain influence, and they have found mm-hmm. somebody else to follow in their life. So, the but they're affected. Being, but what provoked them was the wrong lifestyle or the one that they don't want. Right. Whether it's I suppose wrong what, or not. maybe what you're saying is um, is that we will influence one way or another. Yes. We'll influence to follow, or we'll influence for people to rebel and go the opposite direction. Right. Which is often not necessarily a, a, a wrong thing. You can live your life in such a terrible manner that makes people say, I, I want to rebel from that influence right. and I'm going to head a different direction. But the, the idea of carving out your own path as if there's never been somebody that has walked this path before, nobody's going to influence. Yeah, right. it's just not true. There's always somebody, at this point in, in world history, you're always following somebody else's path. Yeah, I agree. So let's think about it for a second. Where do we find our influences? Where is a place where we receive influence into our life? Well, family, of course. Sure. I mean, um, our parents, and, our grandparents, yeah. our aunt, uncle. So, family is a huge one because that's who you're around. It helps develop your personality. In fact, when they do studies on personality or tendencies or habits, they always factor in what the family was like. And a lot of how you're shaped is, you know, based on your brother, sister's relationships, things like that. Yeah. How about you? What do you think? Um, where do we find them? Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. What is a movie that has influenced your life? Um, what, what is a if movie? I were to, if I were to say like a book, you would say the Bible. But Yeah, what uh, movie has influenced? There, because there's movies that you can look back and say, oh, because of that movie, this changed that pattern. Oh, you're talking outside of What About Bob? Outside of What About Bob, <laughs> which is probably one of the yeah. greatest. Greatest. Um, clearly Bill Murray's top he, tier right there. Yes. Feature films of all time. Um, Sheffy, 
uh, would probably be number one. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Sheffy is a Christian film produced in the late 70s, early I 80s. I know someone who was in Sheffy. And Heather wow. knows yeah. a movie star from the movie Sheffy. Yeah, I thought it was what pretty What movie impressive. has influenced my yeah, life? Yeah, well, there's lots of, look, media influenced, right? So growing up in the 1980s, we watched Hardcastle and McCormick. Yeah. And what did that tell you? Or Magnum P.I.? It told you, man, number one, I need a great stash. Number two, I need a great car. Uh-huh. If I got a mustache and a car, neither one's working out for me <laughs> so far. But media influences <laughs> yeah. you. Movies influence you. Sure. Um, so Matt, was there a movie that influenced you? Well, I was just thinking, I have a fear of snakes, in part because of Indiana Jones. Uh, and really? So that hmm. I, I always, anytime I see a snake, it freaks me out, and I can remember thinking back yeah. to Indiana. And it's, just, it's a small thing. It's a small fear. But mm. I can think back of the first mm. time when he fell in that pit and those snakes were everywhere going, oh, my goodness, this is creeping me out. So the point is, and I was I was six years old at the Cynodome when I saw that movie. I remember it because mom said, don't look. Don't look when their faces <laughs> melted off at the end. And I peeked yeah. through my eyes and I still haven't had a good night's sleep since I was six years old. Yeah. But the point very is. Very sad. Hold on. Let's move. Influence. Let's no. not move. Let's not move past that so quickly. Don't put me on the couch. And on Matt. The here. <laughs> What is it like at night for you? No, let's not. Okay, let's There's not go fears there. and tremors. <laughs> but there, yeah. I would just say it's amazing how something can influence you yeah. And, yeah. and change your perspective or change your dynamic about things in a, a number of different ways. And that's interesting because and when you're talking about something like that, something can influence you and you don't know how it's going to. Mm-hmm. You allow it into your life and you don't know if it's going to be something that's going to produce fear or courage or a, maybe a noble stand, I'm going to stand against that bullying that I saw in that movie. That's not right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. So family would influence us. Media might influence mm-hmm. us. Friends could influence us. Nah. No. Just kidding. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's one of the biggest ones. And that's right? what parents are always talking about with their kids or concerned about, you know, my child has this friend. Uh-huh. So, yeah, and Amnon. Amnon, Amnon had a friend. Had a friend. Yes. Amnon had a friend. Yes, and that didn't work out too well. No, and it, and it is something, Heather and I have always joked about that through the years because we've heard more sermons about Amnon had a friend. Yeah, but every youth conference. he did, and if Amnon, who <laughs> was, he one of the, if he, if he was one of the sons of David, David himself had a terrible family that came from his, from his, uh, uh, his multiple relationships. And Amnon was one of them, and the potential of what he could have been. I mean, think about the son of David and what David's son could have become. I mean, one of other David's sons was Solomon, of all people. But Amnon allowed one person to, to, into his life, a friend, who completely um, influenced him in the wrong direction, destroyed his life and mm-hmm. the life of his uh, wonderful, pure, beloved sister, and, um, and really affected the kingdom negatively yeah. for decades to come. And the scripture says evil communications corrupt good manners but that would be in a pejorative sense but in Mm -hmm. an affirmative sense the bible says that there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother Mm -hmm. and a brother is born for adversity that time of trouble that time of difficulty Mm -hmm. so there are ways where friends have affirmed or helped david was a better person because of his relationship with Jonathan. That's yeah. a great that's a great point. Yeah. So Well, and I'm sure we can all look back at our lives and think of friends. I can think of friends that I did stupid things with because uh, you know, not to pass blame, but it was their idea or they taught me that thing or whatever. And then I can think of friends that encouraged me and challenged me or would call me out when I was doing something wrong or have, you know, incorrect thinking. I mean, we can all do that, right? Right. Yeah. Remember. Yeah. It's just the fact that we have influences in our life. There is a multitude of influence in our lives. And it's not always just this media. 
because many times if you like a song or a style of music whether you like uh, classical music or country music or a certain type of rock or R&B it comes to a place of understanding because you are uh, influence someone introduced you to that song or somebody introduced mm -hmm. you to a, a clothing line or a brand or whatever um, so these things come in and this is a question where I think as Christians we need to stop and ponder what how do we allow influences to shape our worldview mm. in my opinion a lot of what we're going through over the last six weeks or so starts with a fundamental understanding of people's worldview. If you start with this worldview, you view the world, this crisis, this pandemic, through this this lens. You see it with rose-colored or uh, blue-tinted uh, glasses. So influences will help determine our worldview. And when we allow those influences to determine our worldview, there has to be um, a cognizant understanding or safeguards placed in our lives so that just every influence doesn't come in unfiltered. So if mm -hmm. influence does shape our worldview, how do we make sure that those, uh, how do we make sure that those influences are properly affecting our worldview yeah. or um, uh, not negatively affecting us? What would you say to that? I would say I'd be interested to know what my older brother thinks uh, on how that takes place. Um, like, it's a great question. Um, I guess the primary filter would be the scripture. What would you say, Heather? Well, this one's going to be not the deepest answer. Okay, that's what I'm here for, to give the lighter answer. But truly, in counseling, one of the things we talk about, um, I deal a lot with women, and, and there's a lot of focus on emotions and feelings and what, what I'm feeling. Um, well, our feelings are based on what we think. We produce our feelings from our thought life. And so a lot of times if I am, um, feelings is what, here, let me sum it up this way. Feelings should be something that we look at like children. We don't put them in the trunk, but we don't let them drive either. Mm. So there's something to be recognized. Why is this here? Why am I feeling this way? And to evaluate that and to compare it with truth. But sometimes my feelings will show me the person that I'm around or the people that I'm allowing to affect my worldview, they're influencing me, are not helping produce the right things. They're directing my mind to things that don't line up with Philippians 4 eight, that don't produce peace. And so maybe I need to change my influencers. Yeah. that's Even so, if it's simple as so snoozing good. for someone on Facebook. Mm -hmm. That's really good. I think, to answer your question, because what she's saying is it affects your direction. The Bible says that a righteous man should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. So my roots should never change. But sometimes that tree can go in a different direction. If a wind, you've seen palm trees that are blowing a certain way. Mm. Uh, if you go out to Prim at State Line, you'll see a whole bunch of palm trees that are blasted in a certain direction because that's where the wind comes. There's nothing breaking it. There's influence on them, but they're planted there. So when we talk about influence, I think we start with the foundation that the word of God is my standard for everything because it, everything is based upon that. There's going to be leaves. There's going to be fruit out of my life. And those might change. The color of the fruit might change in a season. The color of leaves might change in a season, but the yeah. direction of the tree must always be rooted and grounded in the foundation of the word of God. So when things, and that will start to affect my entire worldview. So I might see an influencer on Facebook or Instagram that says, Oh, wear this hat or buy these shoes. But if it, doesn't change my worldview. Oh, I can get a different yeah. color of leaf. 
but it always starts with my foundation as the word of God. And influencers come, <clears throat> influencers go. Josh talked a minute ago about uh, jo- uh, John Maxwell. Of the top 100 Christian influencers, his name is not on there. 30 years ago, he was everything. Mm-hmm. But right now, he's kind of old. His ideas are stale. Would say some folks, I think he's a great author, right? But there, there will be seasons of change. So influences will come and go. But we always have to start with the foundation that the word of God is our is our base. And I want to add something on that because with what I was talking about with feelings and emotions, sometimes if you're around a Christian who's living right and you're not living right or just maybe need to be challenged in one area, it may not feel good. Mm -hmm. But again, that's why we evaluate feelings and the root of that and say, okay, I'm not feeling this not because you know, it, it's sin or they're affecting my worldview in a bad way. It's because I need to get something corrected. We're, we're experiencing conviction, which isn't comfortable, but brings the right feelings later when we get it right. Yeah. And that goes back to, I'm so glad you said that goes back to what we're rooted in. Yeah. That's so. really good. Yeah. I love it. Um, okay. Next question that I wanted to ask you guys, um, where, where or when do we introduce influences into our life? You touched on it a minute ago, but where, and when do we I- introduce these influences into our life? So there are three primary institutions we know that God created for mankind, right? Um, we have the family, the government, and the church. And we've got different influencers that are going to lead in each and every one of those. Um, so where and when, I think that obviously begins in the home, um, where fathers and mothers are introducing influential people to their children. Um and that can be in all realms. It doesn't just have to be uh, church people, right? I can remember when Dad um, discovered that you were interested in athletics and sports. Um, he constantly tried to search out Christian influencers within those realms of sports and say, hey, follow this guy. Look at what this guy is doing. Look at what were they, Oral Hershiser, I think was one of he them. He was a baseball player. And um, uh, I don't know, whoever those other people were. Uh, but uh, you would follow those ones and say, hey, these are the ones to, to be influenced by. So I think the home has quite a bit to deal with that. Um, and I think then the church provides influence. Um, and then obviously within the government, you're looking for those things. Um, now, who is it that we allow to influence us? Well, if you're a parent, you're going to control those things. But if you're an adult and you're saying, well, who should I allow to influence us? The, the best thing to do is attempt to find somebody who has the same, as you said, worldview as you do. Not that you don't want to view other people's worldview. Not that you want to sit in an echo chamber and only hear the perspective that you believe in. But if you want people to influence you in a biblical way, and you're a Christian, that you're going to find people with a biblical worldview, and you're going to hear from them within the political realm, within the church realm, within the theological realm, and within the family realm, uh, within the business realm, whatever that might be. And in doing so, what you're allowing yourself to do is being influenced by all of these things. And then you can go and you can study other people's perspective outside of your, um, outside of your paradigm. I think that's a, I just wrote down a thought that you had because I want to return to it in a second. I do think it's important to realize that influences can come at any time. So Samuel Mm. was just a boy and God said to him, Samuel, Samuel, he was six, maybe eight years old, and he was being influenced profoundly at any time. There's many opportunities in our life. It can be old. It can be young. Have you ever met somebody who says, I'm not going to change. You can't teach an old dog new tricks Mm -hmm. and they're being influenced many times by their peers, aren't Mm -hmm. they? Mm -hmm. 
they're in a place where they're saying, oh, we've got this group of people that I play dominoes with and I don't need to change everything because, uh, but influence can come at any time in our life. Yeah, mm -hmm. early on and later, that's right. Yeah. And you need to be prepared for that and you need to be able to reject based on biblical values, not your own personal perspective or accept based on biblical values. This is why it's incredibly important to be, yes, influenced by those around you, but also have an autonomy that says, it is I in the scripture, then I have to oh, get into the word so of God yes. and say, yeah. what does the word of God say? This is why, like you said, be planted in the rooted in the word of God, not just what people around me have told me what the word of God says, but what the word of God says. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. We're talking about Christian influencers. Uh, I remember, I remember um, Rick Warren is someone, for whatever reason, who has been uh, oftentimes criticized in social media. In fact, I'll see memes with uh, many preachers and him, one of them, saying some of the greatest um, uh, uh, heretics, heretics yeah. in, in modern Christianity, which is really um, truly unfair when you understand the theology of Rick Warren, the philosophy of Rick Warren, and the historic nature of what his ministry has been. But he gets grouped in because people are, are ignorant to that all of those things. Regardless, I remember uh, in college, I remember walking by and, and um, somebody was reading uh, Rick Warren's book, Purpose Driven Church. And, um, and I remember seeing that and I, I immediately thought, what are you doing? And in fact, I said, what are you doing reading that book? They said, oh, it's actually really interesting. <laughs> I, said, this is, I said, that's a terrible book. And I remember yes. I was probably 18, 19. Guy looked up, he was drinking a cup of coffee. He said, um, he said, who told you that was a terrible book? And I said, everybody. And he looked at me and said, have you read it? And I said, no, I mean, why would I read a book by an unsaved heretic, something like that? Because <laughs> I already knew everything, because I'm a sophomore well, in Bible a college. Sophomore Bible yeah. college. And, um, knew. And, uh, and he said, well, maybe. In you... fact, if we want to solve the coronavirus, we should just go find Bible college students in their yes. sophomore year. I'm sure they already have a plan. They've got it all figured out. They've got it figured out. Um, and anyway, I remember thinking, I remember thinking there's no way possible. It wasn't, but let's see, it probably was about six years later I finally read that book when I was pastoring. And, um, and what's amazing to me is being able to take that, not based on what I had heard other people say or even what this guy with the coffee said, but ba basically take this truth or this book and say, okay, how does it compare to what the Bible actually yeah. says? So good. And, and in my best understanding myself, as I read that, I saw 90 to 95% of the things I say, that's biblical, that's yeah, biblical, that's and biblical. And it's ministering to you. And it's helping me. Yeah. Um, and if I were to look back now, maybe that 95, 90, 95% has moved to 96, 97% that I would say, man, I see that as biblical. Um, and uh, that's what you want to do. You want to allow people to minister to you and influence you that are staying true to what you what what you see the Bible actually, even Based if there are other people. The Lord's convicted you about. Yeah. And what mm -hmm. I found fascinating too, by yeah. the way, when I go back and think through who are those influences that told me don't be influenced by that person, I asked myself how many of them actually read that book. Yeah. And the answer was not not any of them or very few of them. Right. And and so I think it's incredibly important to be influenced primarily by the Word of God, especially as you grow into adulthood. One of my influencers was a fellow by the name of Bill Rice III and just ministered to me on many levels, even up into adulthood. He would say this, you have a brain and you have a Bible, you should use them both. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we'll take uh, hearsay. In fact, during this time that we're in, one of the most prevalent phrases I've heard bantered about is, did you hear? Mm. Did you hear that? Mm. And a lot of times yeah. that's somebody who's speaking 
about a post that they saw or a meme that they saw or a Babylon Bee quote that they found out about. And they're not speaking about something they've researched or that they have developed for themselves. Somebody mm -hmm. influenced their thinking. Mm -hmm. And our thinking must first be influenced by the Word of God and the Spirit of God that lives inside of us. You have yeah. the Spirit of God. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. That's influenced from a song lyric that I read or I heard <laughs> recently. But we were, we have the Spirit of God inside of us. Yeah. You are not some dumb, naive, idiotic person. In fact, you give an account, not just for the things you do, but for every word, you will stand before God. I will stand before God and give an account for every even idle word that I say. Yeah. That's how God takes the responsibility for us to know our beliefs and not just be pratting out what we've heard from somebody else say. So you mentioned you mentioned Rick Warren has influenced you with your with his book. Do you have other influencers, people that you would be following now or somebody that you could recommend to our audience or perhaps on your Bible talks that you say, this is somebody that I love to listen to. This is somebody that I enjoy hearing. Uh, maybe it's a music. Maybe it's a, a an author or a pastor. Uh, do either one of you have one of those? Go ahead, Heather. Yeah, I have um, a couple. One would be Chuck Swindoll. Mm. I just love his uh, Bible teaching. He's easy to listen to. Uh, he's got tons of resources out there. So, I mean, I hear him on the radio sometimes. I hear him. I read his books. So he's a great one. I relate to him. I think he and his wife have a similar relationship to me and Josh. They're uh, very upbeat. They love life. They're very joyful. So um, that really sounded. That's who you and Chuck. You and Chuck. You and Chuck. But uh, I really enjoy uh, hearing him explain the word of God. I've read a little bit of F.B. Meyer some good stuff by him. And then I'm going to mention one that I just, I love her. She's challenged me so much in my walk with God. And that's Beth Moore. I know people, boy, you talk about people who uh, will rag on someone. Like you were told, don't read that book. I've seen her stuff sometimes taken greatly out of context. Now I, I haven't evaluated every single thing that she's ever said. I've not heard everything she's ever taught, but overall, um, no one has taught me to examine the scriptures more, to memorize the scriptures more, to yearn for God more than really her studies have. She's really helped me learn how to dig into the word of God. Mm. So she's been a challenge to me. And so she's one that I follow. That's what good. about you? That's really good. Um, so on a vast spectrum, Josh said that my parents would encourage us, even as young people, to find Christian athletes. Uh, growing up, Mike Singletary was my favorite football player. I got his autobiography when I was 11, 12 years old. And I just ingested it. I love reading about sports people who love Jesus. In the first chapter of his book, uh, he talks about his personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He's a Hall of Fame middle linebacker for the Chicago Bears, for those who don't know. Um, music, I think music influences us. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite artists uh, is a guy named Stephen Curtis Chapman. About three weeks ago, I mentioned his name to a... A teenager and they said oh is he that old guy that plays the guitar and i'm like <laughs> oh young. man i hate now he is i yeah. hate this but I mean, uh, he has he has uh old grandchildren at this yeah, point older yeah. grandchildren but his music i i love his music his music uh would it would have influenced mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. um as far as pastors 
uh, it, it, there's a lot of times when it depends what kind of mood I'm in. So I'll listen to a number of different pastors. I'll listen to um, from time to time. If uh, every Sunday morning I'll listen to Jeff Redlin preach yeah. on uh, the campus church. Well, this was before we didn't have church anymore. Mm-hmm. But I, w- I would watch uh, Jeff Redlin. And Jeff Redlin's preaching influenced me in a powerful way. Mm. Uh, I, he communicates yeah. in a powerful way. Um, sometimes I was doing a project at the house the other day. There's a guy named Stephen Furtick I was listening to on, the, uh, uh, on his podcast. And every time I listen to him, I just want to go run through a building for Jesus, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. we can do this because yeah. his message is encouraging. It's uplifting. And uh, um, so those are just some, some yeah. people that... When I think about Christian influencers, the number one Christian influencer, let me see this pop quiz for both of you. It's a female who, according to my random Google search on the Internet before coming in here today, is the number one Christian influencer. Paula White. Paula White. All right. That's a that's a good question. Is that where it is? I'm going to I'm going to give not not necessarily a big fan of Paula White, but I would. Okay. well, Crystal gave one because I couldn't think it. she said Mother Teresa but I'm going to guess this sounds off topic but if you're doing a Google search Oprah Winfrey so Priscilla Schreier really? was rated wow. as the number one we Christian like influencer on the random Google search she's that I did yeah, prior good. to coming I've done today. her. It, by the way here's a shout out for Priscilla like she needs it she's the number one influencer but here's my <laughs> shout out if you've not done her study Armor of God it is Phenomenal! It's so good Her on spiritual daddy warfare. Her was amazing too. Yeah, he's, is amazing. he's still alive. He's still, <laughs> he's still kicking. You know, you mentioned preachers, and I can't believe I neglected to leave off one who influenced all three of us so greatly during our younger days, and that was Jim Shetler. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, my I goodness! In college, like, how many times did you want to leave college or you know just give up? And <laughs> you so go true, to chapel. Right? You go to chapel, like, oh, and Pastor Shetler week. would just deliver just what you needed, and. Um, thank the Lord for him and pastors wives. I think that's where it gets tricky when you're talking about influencers. Yeah. Because I have older women, like, I mean, of course I mentioned Beth Moore. She doesn't even know who I am and how much she's influenced me, but then there are other, oh, she knows. (laughs) I tried to drive to her house, but Josh wouldn't let me. Okay. (laughs) We were, we were in Texas and she Googled where her house was and I'm like, that's gross. (laughs) I just up. wanted to thank her. She would love me if she knew me. Anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to thank her. Uh, but that's what all the, the, what do they call it? The stalkers. That's what all the stalkers say. I just wanted to thank you. Yeah. Just wanted to you know I love you. Uh, but other ones, like I think about um, Terry Chapel, Kay Warren. Of course, I have a mother-in-law who's helped me in counseling and influenced me in ministry. Um, I think about I, I, people that no one else would know. Yeah. Joyce Broom was a pastor's wife. Linda Hicks, who's now with the Lord. These are women that my mother knew and take me to conferences, personal friends of hers. And I thought that's where I saw women serving the Lord. And I thought, Mm. oh, that's amazing. That blessed me. I would love to bless others like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then I've got friends, peers. Like we have peers. I know that's kind of friends, but they influence me in ministry. Sure. So much. Uh, Atlanta Brown, Jenny Loman. I have a whole little squad. Charity Berkey, shout out to her. You know, uh, Brianna Tice, uh, Cindy Brock, so many. And she's kind of a mentor as well uh, as in parenting. It's good. But there's so many. So it's like, how do you narrow this field down? That's really good. You know what's interesting? Um, as you were both discussing people who have influenced you, first of all, I noticed that neither one of you mentioned my name <laughs> as a primary influence. Um, but secondly, I, you know, I did notice that when you mentioned Heather Beth Moore and Matt, when you mentioned Stephen Furtick, there was a real hesitation 
um, that was sensed. And the reason I think that takes place is because um, there is a hypercritical nature within the, within the mm -hmm. American church that, um, that believes if there's any type of influence at all with somebody, you have to fully agree with everything they say. It's, yes. it's the same prob problem that we're facing politically. That is, if I disagree with you slightly, I hate you. And that's just not yeah, true. Um, <laughs> I can be influenced and even appreciate the ministry of somebody without necessarily agreeing with yes. every single thing they've done. And here's the bigger problem is that when we do say, I like that person, I like what they do, suddenly mm -hmm. we're labeled with, oh, you believe everything they do right. and would do everything right. they do. And that's ridiculous. So within my circles uh, of friends and ministry colleagues and that sort of thing, I could say something like, um, boy, I love Rick Warren. And is Joel Olstein encouraging? Mm -hmm. And Beth Moore, have you been following her Twitter account? And it just, I can, within five statements, I can distance every single person <laughs> away so from true. me. Mm -hmm. Because there's a false mm -hmm. assumption. Just because you're influenced by yeah. somebody in one area means that you full agreement with them on everything. Yes. I've got people, if I were to say, man, I really love, and I named a independent Bas Baptist pastor, they would say, look at you, you fundy that ne that wants to keep people in legalistic mm -hmm. bondage. It's because it, because it doesn't matter where you find yourself, so many times people are so close-minded to somebody yeah. that they might slightly disagree sure. with and sure. because they feel like so if you speak positively of anyone, then you fully embrace everything they believe. And that's yeah. just a false narrative. What's so frustrating is you can't, a truth is still truth no matter who speaks it. Now, I know sometimes we're talking about the spirit of the person. I love that they challenged me in this. But do you know, I just quoted, um, there was a great quote on sin and what it, its effect on the soul from a book I'm reading by a gentleman, and I tweeted it, because that's what I use my Twitter account for. And I don't know if you saw this, Joshua, I even told you. But some random person, I don't even know, retweeted it with a bunch of dirt on that person. Right. And I'm not saying, like, I, I didn't write about the guy. I wasn't like, this man's amazing. I was trying to share a truth. And I don't care what he's done. What he said about sin and its effect on the soul is it's still true. true. Right. You know, yeah. and it just blows my mind. But that's what people do. It's like, no, I don't worship this dude. I don't worship Beth Moore. I don't worship Chuck Swindoll. But they've encouraged me and they've said some true things that have helped me grow. Yeah. So let's, let's just deepen that topic a little bit more. How do you defend a good influence when they do something bad? Or have you ever seen somebody defend a bad influence? For instance... Somebody might be a, a MAGA hat wearing person who's red, white, and blue from a deep red state. And Trump says something that I'm sure he has at one point or another. No, and never. I, I'm sure Hold he on, has. Wait. Donald Trump is our president, said, the president of the United said States. Said something uncouth? Yes. And you'll have to show that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't on the air. Okay, all right. But. Uh, he might say something and you feel, uh, and I think you touched on it a little bit there, mm -hmm. Heather, you feel a need to defend that person mm -hmm. in spite of the fact that what they just said, whether it's a political candidate, whether mm -hmm. it's a pastor, whether it's an athlete, we're, we're so ready. Um, we went as a family and saw a Christian comedian last fall and that Christian comedian got into some trouble and there's a tendency in our community to say, oh, look, everything he did was bad look we knew this yeah. was going to happen so what do we do or how do we defend 
uh, bad influences or even good influences in our life that maybe do something. What, what's the posture that we take towards them? I think the first posture is that of humility and mm-hmm. to say, yes. how many times have you said something stupid? And if everybody saw everything you said and everybody retweeted mm-hmm. everything you thought or, or I mean, you got to be careful and realize, look, <laughs> We make a lot. I'm thankful to God people have not been following me around with cameras oh my word. Um, throughout yeah. the last 30 years of my life. I've made a lot of mistakes. I think the posture is humility. I do think there's a pro- posture of arrogance that loves to get you. Mm-hmm. I think the hyperpartisan nature of our society loves to do that. I see that on both sides, right? Um, during the Obama administration, it was amazing how many stories Fox News had about Obama liking to golf. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, um, MSNBC and CNN are fascinated with how often now our uh, president likes to golf. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a gotcha state. Yeah. But sure. the problem is not when the media does it. They get paid to do it. The problem is whatever uh, people that are, are normal citizens fall into that trap and repeat this stupidity. Uh, let the president go golfing, no matter if he's Obama or if he's Trump. Maybe they need a little time. Uh, so how do you, your, your basic question, though, was how do you defend and the answer is you don't. Yeah, that's the answer. Why? Why are? You, why do you feel it necessary to defend stupidity? Um, you can say, look, I agree with this person on this area, this area, and this area, but it doesn't mean. Um, it doesn't mean that I agree with them on all on every area. For for example, there are people in my church, literally, you could go watching this. There are people in my church. If I were to say, um, man, Obama was such a good. In fact, I did. I recently said this um, on a ski trip with one of our our dear members. I love him. But I said to him, I said, you know what I appreciate about uh, Barack Obama? He's such an incredible family man. Mm -hmm. He's an incredible family man. (laughs) This is what he said. He looked at me and he said, well, I mean, that was the narrative they wanted you to believe. I said, (laughs) what do you mean? He said, you've heard those rumors about Michelle's relationships and his. And I looked at I said, are you are you are you serious? I come on. Really? I can't say one positive thing about this person. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's a hyperpartisan. So. I can say the same thing about He's a good about, communicator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uses, he uses a teleprompter. He uses a teleprompter. Yeah. Um, and the, the reality, that's just, that's just foolishness. Right. Um, and there are other people in our church that I can't say one positive. I did this just recently. I talked with one of our church members, and I said, well, one, uh, here are a few things that I just absolutely am thankful for about Donald Trump. Um, and I'm not a full mm-hmm. Trump supporter in every way. Um, but uh, the person replied and said, well, I just can't see it as optimistically as you do. I can't believe you miss the blatant anti-god yeah. position and lifestyle of donald trump and i think and I, I said this to both i said i think you're buying too much into your partisan p- belief system yeah that you cannot um see positive and then call out the negative mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you should be able to call out positive you should be able to call out negative on both sides if you're not able to you might be more committed to your political party than your political party is to you do you think that goes back to a flawed worldview where they really don't they view people that rise whether it's in the spiritual or Christian realm, you know, as teachers and preachers or in the political realm, they view them as, in a sense, not human because it's like, well, no, they're, they're perfect. They can't have any mistakes. They should not have any mistakes. Whereas if you have the worldview that I do, it's, yeah, we're all messed up and broken. We're all going to say stupid things. It's not shocking and earth shattering to me when there is a negative or something that's, you know, disagreeable or wrong. I think the idea of grace being involved in somebody's life that okay he said something dumb she did something stupid i wouldn't agree with her there i like nine out of the ten things they did but that one or those four yeah i don't like right it might even be seven but i can applaud the three that i do like i think that idea of grace the bible says considering yourself lest thou also be tempted in galatians chapter 5 verse 2 
And it's and that verse is saying, bear one another's burdens. If they mess up, help them out. Don't be so quick to yeah. criticize. So I was in my devotions this morning, and this is almost the opposite side of that, um, where Jehoshaphat, great king, one of the best kings of Judah, tries to unite with Ahab, who God says is the worst king that Israel ever had. And he goes and he makes this alliance and this affinity with him. And you see Jehoshaphat over and over and over fending Ahab or coming to his, mm. his, um, to his ally, to his aid. And yet he messes, Ahab messes Jehoshaphat up. And I was thinking, where is that balance between I'm going to help, but now yeah. my influence has been robbed to where you're influencing me negatively. Mm. Where mm. do you take that and assess? Because all of, if, if you're listening out there, you have lost friends that God's called you to minister to. So where yeah. do you find that balance of I'm ministering to them? Oh, but now they are influencing me. I've, I've no longer been the salt and the light. Mm -hmm. Where do you find that balance? I think Jehoshaphat lost that and it eventually became his demise and his kingdom's demise. Where do you find that balance to say, you know, I, I should stop listening to this music. This music, mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's this movie, this actor, this pastor, this friend, I need to, you use the word snooze them. I need <laughs> well, to mute Facebook, them. Yeah. yeah. I, where, when do I find that place in my life? Do you think it goes back to listening to the Holy Spirit? Because, I mean, I can tell there are certain times, I, I, you mentioned music movies, and there are certain times where I'll be like, that's not healthy for me yeah, to watch. And that's not coming from Heather. Mm -hmm. um, that's coming from the Holy Spirit saying, you know, this isn't helping you rest. This mm -hmm. is not honoring me. This is something that's, you know, a hindrance to you and a stumbling block to you. Mm -hmm. And so would it be the same with friends and influences? I definitely think so. And I think those, the Holy Spirit can lead you based upon what, where your life is and where their life is, mm, right? So there have been people in my life that I, that have, that have been huge helps and influences in the past, but, um, perhaps maybe this, this happens. People can walk away from God this happens yeah. in the word of God, right? There were times where David was walking with God and there were sure. times where David was not walking with God. Mm -hmm. um, and suddenly you begin to say, man, I used to really just, I'm, I'm jiving with, with where this person is um, and this person really helping me along the way. And it could be one of two things. Either the Lord doesn't need that person to influence your life anymore because you've learned everything you can from that person. Um, or it might be that that person's influence is becoming negative because at one point they were helpful but now they're not walking with God the way they once were, and therefore you don't need that influence and to remain and walk mm. down that same path that they that they walked. Um, mm. we, we're going back politically, I think politically this happens to people quite a bit. I mean, uh, uh, worn out is the tale of Mr. Smith goes to Washington, and Mr. Smith does great things in Washington, but then Mr. Smith becomes extremely powerful in Washington, and power corrupts, and suddenly I was a Mr. Smith fan, and... I don't know that I can be any longer because he's heading in a different direction mm -hmm. from what his platform used to be. We saw right. this with Senator Harry Reid here in Nevada. Um, he always had certain policies, but um, most would say once he became nationally known, suddenly Nevada got sold out for mm. uh, for for his political party. Um, I don't know if I'm getting too political on this show, I'm not sure <laughs> if I'm to, but that was past. So that's in the past. So it's history now. It's not present. The point is this. At some point, there might be certain influencers that influenced you to a certain point, and either they're not good for you at this point, or um, they may have walked away from what their message was mm -hmm. and should have been. And, 
and it might be time to not allow that influence in your life any longer and as heather said snooze from that person and that may be helpful so you never mentioned people that were influence influential to you do you have anything that you'd like to bring up that because i have another question that dovetails with that uh, yeah, primarily those that are closest, right? Um, Dave Tice obviously was influential in all of our lives. Mm -hmm. um, he's, he's the unsung uh, hero in this conversation. Um, and, uh, and those who influenced him, men like Sumner Wimp, Bible mm. College professors, pastors, yeah. um, ministry leaders uh, uh, around. Yeah, I mean, and even those ministry leaders even to this day. So primarily, um, I have mentors in my life that are influential, coaches in my life that are influential, but not people that a lot have heard, right? Yeah. Heard of. Um, when it comes to broad Christian influencers that are out there in the world today, um, is that what you're asking? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, probably uh, Rick Warren's um, ministry setup has mm -hmm. been influential, influential on how our church is established. Um, the pastors in town have been extremely influential to me, like Pastor David Tice, uh, Vance Pittman, um, uh, pastor of um, Shadow Hills, Pastor Mike of Shadow Hills, who's just been taken over by Brett. Um, pastor Shane over at the Crossing has been a friend of mine. So these guys have helped influence me on how I pastor here in Las Vegas. Um, nationally, um, yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed the teaching ministry of a lot of our broader teachers. I love Timothy Keller. Um, I and, and that and going back to what yeah. I said a moment ago, if I say Timothy Keller, there are going to be people who feel like, oh man, he's a Calvinist. How could you like him? I don't believe I'm not a Calvinist, but the reality is this man is a deep theologian. I don't I don't baptize babies. He does baptize babies, um, but this man has helped influence my understanding of how to culturally connect to our church and our community in a way. Uh, that, so there are a lot of people that there are a lot of people that I'm sure that our audience may not know of. Um, but uh, have been huge influencers in my life. So we have a question that I want to get answered, but I, I want to touch on this point too. When you talked about influencers in your life, many of them were um, ministry-minded, mm. pastors, mm. teachers, leaders at a Bible college. But there are many Christian influencers that have nothing to do with ministry per se, but they're Christian and using their platform. Um, the Duck Dynasty guys. A, a decade ago. Mark Burnett and his Mark wife. Mark Burnett. Um, the uh, Joanna Gaines. Uh, the, people, people, the people who are producing The Chosen. Yeah, the Dallas Jenkins. Uh, these are people, and I would just encourage those who are listening on the radio to realize we talk because our minds are often focused on church and ministry and church and ministry. and um, But these are people, these are a bunch of guys who are wearing beats and making duck calls and they profoundly influenced our culture. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, a lot of their hijinks were silly, and, but they, they were God-honoring. Joanna Gaines is a Christian lady who used her, her love of shiplap mm -hmm. to influence, influence a generation. Mm -hmm. And it might not be overtly from behind a pulpit, but their walk with God and their demeanor. And some of you are nurses. Some of you are working in construction. Some of you are at home because you don't have a job right now. But I would share with you that uh, that whatever God's called you to doesn't necessarily, well, I can't be an influencer or a Christian influencer because I'm in uh, this field and I'm not a pastor or I don't even like to teach. I can't even find the book of uh, Habakkuk in the Bible. That has very little to do with using what God's given you. 
We have a question, Heather. Why don't you ask that question? Okay, here it is. It says, when is it appropriate to point someone's attention to an influence that you believe to be unbiblical or dangerous? I know these might be two separate questions. Well, the, the question for vase value is it's never good to point to an influence that is unbiblical or dangerous. But I would say that I every point single— it out. I think every single— influencer is going to at some point be unbiblical or dangerous. I've been dangerous throughout mm-hmm. my life and I've been unbiblical throughout my life. So I think the the point is to be able to point to somebody and say, here's where they've influenced me well, and here's where you need to be careful about what they have to say. I would, I'd follow up on that. Realize that you don't always have to be the person that points out everything too. The mm, Holy Spirit good. of God lives inside of folks And I don't have to be the person that's correcting everybody's Facebook post or Twitter feed. I don't have to be that person. I don't have to say, well, that's really good that you like them. But did you know these six things about them? And here's a video that surfaced from 1983. And and this happens all the time in regards to, let's say John MacArthur is an example. Um, Somebody say, man, I just read this John MacArthur book. It's fantastic. But I'm not saying I believe in lordship salvation. And I'm not saying that I'm I'm, I'm," whatever it might be. relax like it's okay to just Mm -hmm. put a quote out there just because there are a lot of very loud people who say they have the gift of discernment doesn't mean they have the gift of discernment and it doesn't mean you have to be hypercritical like they are these discernment bloggers they they really have nothing else (laughs) right these discernment bloggers have little little else going on in their own life and so they spend their life critiquing and criticizing what everybody i tried to join a facebook group um it was women studying theology and they had the coolest name and i'm not trying to throw them under the bus but you have to hear the name the Sheologians. Is that great? Pretty like, good. it's so pun worthy. But I got on there, and for me, I found that group wasn't that helpful. Now I feel like I'm pointing out the wrong, which I was not intending to do. But that's what I found they, they tended to do. Rather than discuss true theology, they wanted to discuss everyone else out there who's dangerous. And I I didn't unsnooze. I just unjoined yeah. <laughs> that little group because I thought, this is not what I wanted. I wanted to grow in my knowledge of the word and theology, not to, in a sense, gossip or criticize others for everything they say and analyze every little sure. thing they say. Now, to this question, would you say that maybe some of that could be done on a personal level? So I think there's two answers. Yeah. I think, number one, relationship determines my response. Yes. So if I have oh, a relationship good, with so somebody, well I, I stole it from somebody, but if I have a relationship <laughs> with somebody, I'm able to speak into your life more than I am the lady across the street. I can talk to you about a hundred yes. different topics, but her, I can, I have no privilege. So relationship determines my response. And then when asked, always speak truth, always speak truth. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to shy away. If somebody asks a question, what do you think about X? Let me tell you what I think about X. I can speak truth, but my relationship always determines my response. If a random person right. blogs out something, I don't have to I don't have to respond. I was watching a friend of mine named Kendall talk, uh, who's a media consultant here in town, talk about Mayor Goodman's response on Anderson Cooper. He said her first mistake was that she took the interview. Great, right? There's certain times you don't even have to respond just because something's out there does not mean you have to respond. So, okay. Yeah. The last thing. Can I do one follow-up question? Because I'm curious what you'd say. Um, All of us are in ministry and we deal with younger Christians. I'm sure there's someone out there saying, but I need to help these younger Christians. Um, what is that line where you're like, okay, because we, yes, they have the Holy Spirit, but I'm also helping them. Um, 
where you're just excited that maybe they're they're reading something Christian sure. and you know that they're not catching the Lordship salvation thread there. They're just kind of getting excited about learning the word of God. So where's that balance with the younger believer that you do have a relationship with of not dampening their spirit sure. and slapping their hand every time they pick up an author mm-hmm. that might be a little different or cautioning them. So every time they, they bring a book, you're out like, well, but just so you know, what's the balance there? Yeah. Can you give any insight to that? I, I say allow them to read broadly. Um, first, give them the best resources you could possibly yes. give. Yeah. Um, affirm the things that you endorse. Right. And then, infer- yeah, and then affirm the things that you endorse from what they're reading. And then, then ask questions instead of make statements. So um, whenever they're finished reading the book yeah. and there's, there's a few, for example, there's family books, right? We mm-hmm. do not necessarily believe that contraception is commanded and uh, that contraception is, is um, disallowed in Scripture or commanded against in Scripture. So we, as a family, have decided the Bible does not speak against contraception. But there are good family books that will say no contraception. So what, w- yeah. what we'll do is we'll say, here's a book. There's some things we want to agree with. Here's an example. And so yeah. we'll give them the book, and after they, if we feel like that's become a problem in their, in, that, in their life, taking them out to a cup of coffee and saying, let me ask you a couple of questions. What did you think about what they said about mm-hmm. contraception? Yeah. Oh, that's good. And what, what do you think the Bible said about that? And yeah. where does the Bible say that? And allow and draw them to a place, a conclusion. It's called yeah. the rabbinical method, and it's ap- actually the way Jesus would teach. Mm-hmm. Instead of making statements, he would bring questions. You see this in yeah. his interaction with Nicodemus. You see this in his interaction with the woman at the well. All the way back to Adam and Eve. Where art thou? Right. Yeah. yeah. And so what you're do what they're doing is they're bringing them to their own conclusion. It's called inductive reasoning, not deductive reasoning. You're That's bringing good. them to a, their own conclusion instead of telling them. Uh, that so they then they can come to the same conclusion you do this is a great mm-hmm. book this is a great author this is a great theologian this is a great person but this is where I would have to depart because this is where they depart from yeah. what I see in the scripture yeah that's good yeah I've seen times where a new believer will just they'll take a general truth away which is truth and they'll skip over the part that they kind of dealt with Calvinism or whatever they didn't even pick that up so yeah. Sometimes it's just, let's just celebrate that they're getting the truth. Mm-hmm. And if they're mentioning and they're quoting things that are not truth, that's where I would be like, hey, let's talk Have about, you this. about this. Yeah. Have you what does the that? Bible say? Why would you say that comparing it to this scripture? That's great. So yeah. the, last, the last thought that I would say um, in reference to influence, Christian influencers, whether it's uh, somebody we've never met with millions of influencers, whether it's somebody that's a close relative, the last thing I would say is that you are an influence. Where you are today, God has given you influence. It doesn't matter if you're a teenager. It doesn't matter if you're uh, a grandpa. You have influence, and you get to spend that influence uh, in, in whatever manner you choose to. So realize, as an influencer, God's called you, not just to be somebody who takes the light and shines or puts a... Um, cover over it. God's called you to be salt. God's called you to be light. It's not just something for pastors. It's not just somebody with a microphone or a platform. Every single believer is called to be the salt and the light of the world. And as we shine as lights for Jesus Christ, we are influencing, whether it's hanging shiplap, running a country, playing baseball, or developing a podcast. God's called you and me to be influencers. 
And that would be my last thought. Any closing thoughts, Josh? No, I completely agree. I think using your influence for the furtherance of the gospel Mm -hmm. is the primary responsibility of every Christian. So whatever it is that you have that you can bring to the table for others, use it to expand uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like John said, he is the one who must increase, and I will decrease in the process. Mm -hmm. That's good. And let's give the lady the final word. Go ahead, Heather. I don't want the final word because that was so good right there. <laughs> that really is good that our influence, it's, it's about the Lord. It's, it, that's what's most important. That's Amen. what I want to influence people in. Well, I want to thank you for tuning in today to KVXL 101.1. Tomorrow, the pastor, Dad, will be back in this chair. I don't know if he has a guest. Are you coming back tomorrow? I'm not. I don't plan on being here tomorrow either, but uh, he'll be here tomorrow at 10 a.m. I want you to know how grateful we are that you listen to uh, Experience Liberty here at KVXL 101.1. And thank you, Josh, and thank you, Heather, for joining us today and allowing me to be part of uh, your podcast. And always remember, when the Bible talks, we'd better listen. Thanks a lot.